in business and real estate and starting a business, the longer you're in the game, the better chances you have of it being a success. Riches are in the niches. When we try to do too much, we do a lot of things poorly. If you have the funds and the money are there, you know, is it better to buy beachfront or is it better to buy right across the street from the beach? And we always try to tell people to buy. Welcome to the Cashflow Bros podcast. Um, I have today a old friend, but he is not yeah. old. <laughs> not I'm actually a lot older than you are. <laughs> Um, but we, we knew each other growing up, uh, kind of it, in church, we met there yep. and, and did some ministry together and then parted ways and then happenstance, like, you know, both made career shifts. You actually right made yours field. a little before, yep. and now we're both in real estate Yep. and you're doing a lot of successful things down on the coast. And I was like, I've got to have you on here because I, you know, Honestly, this podcast is just a selfish <laughs> exploration of my curiosity. Yeah. And <laughs> like, it worked out good because that was literally the day that we were making our plans to come back up here for Christmas. And you text me. I was like, hey, we're going to actually, we're about to be in. So yeah, I had that, that thought. Good. I was like, there's a few people I'm just like, hey, when you're traveling, bye, come by. Because yeah. I love the in-person and yep. it's so great to see you yep. um, before this, you know, we started recording. was just catching up on life and stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah, give me just kind of a brief overview of what the last, you know, five, six years has looked like for you, what you're doing on the coast. Yeah. And uh, we'll kind of go from there, man. Yeah, well, definitely. So thanks for having me on. So uh, I've been watching y'all's stuff and everything, and it's been awesome. So I was happy when I got the text to, to catch up on things. So yeah, so we, uh, I guess five, six years ago, um, I was actually doing a landscape business um, with my dad. Okay. Both realized that we didn't want to be working in the 120 degree weather and then getting, arguing over five bucks with some old person that wasn't happy with weeds and stuff like that. We, we got to do a career change. Both went out and got our real estate license um, and always had a dream kind of to eventually make our way down to the beach and to the coast and things like that. Had a couple different opportunities that didn't work out. Um, and then when COVID happened, we were like, you know what? There's no better time. Let's just make the move. There were prices, the rent were way down, things like that. This is the perfect opportunity. So moved down to the coast. Uh, my dad or my parents, my dad, and mom, and then also my uh, with my wife and our dog, we all moved down together, kind of took a leap of faith. Uh, and we were originally going to sell real estate up in Birmingham and down on the coast and kind of have that tie in. And as we know, the real estate world kind of took off. 2020, 21, 22. And there was no way, you know, you had to, if you weren't at the showing the first hour it was on the market, there's yeah. no way you were going to see it. Well, I was saying it was like showing slash have the inspector there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything. Yeah. Like, you better have, yeah, well. have the appraiser was, ready to go. <laughs> like, it was just insane. Everything. So we're like, there's no way, like we can't service people, you know, how we really need yeah. to. So decided to fully after a couple months to move fully down to the coast. Um, about a year after that, got presented with the opportunity to open up a property management company. Um, there was an older gentleman uh, that had the name Flip Flop Vacations, but used to have a decent company. It had kind of run into the ground a little bit. He ended up passing away. He was getting sick, but we, we bought the name from him. Okay. Thought we were stepping into a relatively good business, thought we had like 25 properties, thought we had some brand. Turns out the name had kind of gotten tarnished some. He had lost all his properties. Um, wow. And so literally we ended up 
paying almost nothing for the name itself. Okay. We okay. came in, took everything to the ground. We re- had to redo the websites. The last website update was like 2012. Wow. Was the last time the website <laughs> had been updated. So, so during the evaluation of the business, you kind of dug into the weeds and basically were like, there's not a lot of value here. We'll give you a right. little bit. Right. So know? like the first conversation, we're at a coffee shop and we're thinking like, he's wanting some bigger numbers and we start looking at things. Ends yeah. up, it's down, he's down to one property that one property was his that he ended up foreclosing on. So we didn't even have that property. So we're right. like, there's nothing here. Kind of felt sorry. So we were like, hey, we'll just, we'll buy the website with the name. Right. And, uh, and rebuild like said, the website. And just, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, the website we bought, we couldn't even use. So, uh, so yeah. yeah, it was, it was crazy. So literally start from ground zero. We redid the logos, redid the color scheme. Um, the colors were like this weird off blue greenish thing. This is, they just weren't real, real beachy. Um, so we kind of went with orange cause we live in orange beach and the sunsets that you see are just beautiful on the beach. Yeah. So that, that plays and then the kind of the blue with the water. So kind of went for the Miami dolphins kind of, yeah. kind of color, rebuilt the brand, rebuilt everything and literally started from scratch about two years ago. Um, and we, we focus on short-term property management okay. um, on the coast. So That's houses, awesome. condos, things like that. When you're coming down taking a trip, places that you would want to stay in. Yeah. So. so tell me, walk me through that, how you market. Do you do anything through Airbnb or you only use your own portals to publicize your listings? Yeah. Or how does that work when you are so we- have a property manager, but also like do you leverage other mediums to, yeah. you know, So promote? we literally do everything. So um, for us, we call ourselves a, a, a full service management company. So kind of have different ways. We have some people that self-manage, which I don't know how, if you live in Colorado or wherever you're from, you can self-manage one unit right. 15 hours away, yeah, unless yeah. you just have just fantastic people. That With are a gonna, lot of headaches. Right, exactly. It's <laughs> like, I, I mean, we get owners all the time where, you know, they're like, hey, we had to call, uh, you know, we didn't have an extra key. So we had to call the locksmith at 2 a.m. because the renter got locked out. They paid 400 yeah. bucks for an emergency call. It's like, you know, if we have a key, right? We would have done that for free. Right. End up saving more. But, yeah, some people that do that, some people that are like a partial management, like a co-host, right. where you do all the communicating with the guest as the owner, but then we actually are the eyes on the property. Ours is a full service. So the owners literally turn it over to us, and we do everything. We okay. do all the marketing, advertising, all the communicating with the guests before, during, and after their stay. Uh, maintenance requests, cleanings. Man. Literally, we have owners. Some owners we talk to every three months. They yeah, just yeah. get their check each month, and that's it. So, that's great. but with that, so we have our own direct site, and then we also are integrated with Airbnb and Verbo. Okay, uh, and gotcha. all of our calendars link. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as soon as you know, if a booking comes in on Airbnb, it'll block it on our site. It'll book it on Verbo. It'll set the cleaner schedule up. It just, It'll do yeah, all it's that. All it's automated. all integrated, automated. And I'm assuming like you, you obviously sometimes Airbnb is the best portal to get someone there. But like year two, year three, if it's a reoccurring vacation, it's like go directly to our site yep. and there's discounts or there's better ways to do it. So Yeah, that's, that's what we that's try, incredible. which, um, you know, obviously Airbnb, VR, they all want you to stay inside their systems. Right. But you can look, I mean, I do the same with hotels when you're traveling. You can look online at some of the sites to find a good hotel, then go direct. And right. you can save anywhere from 10 to 15% booking yeah. direct on our site. So yeah, yeah. we try to, once that booking is made on those sites, especially the first year or two that we have a property, that's where we're going to get most our most our traffic from. Right. But we try to put our website, our logos, our phone numbers 
everywhere in their information in the yeah, room. That's so smart. And just tell them, hey, if you want to come back, hey, you want to say 15%, book with us next year. Yeah, yeah. And we can actually go up a little in rates, but to them, they're actually saving money booking direct. Right. And we have much more control of the, the situation. Yeah, the control. So, so, you know, what's interesting is you're telling the story of, you know, your kind of happenstance down to the coast and then just, you know, into flip-flop and kind of, the you know, like niching down into vacation rentals because yep. you could have done all rentals. You right. could have said, Hey, we're going to, we're not going to be full service. We're going to do piecemeal or whatever. Right. But like, it's just kind of the interesting thing about that concept of riches are in the niches. Yep. And I think when we try to do too much, we do a lot of things poorly exactly. instead of a few things very well and be known for doing those few right. things well. And so I think there's a lot of wisdom that you just quickly pivoted of like, hey, this isn't working. We're going to still, we're going to take the risk and be all in right, right here. Yep. And hey, flip-flop has been this, but we're going to go all in on short-term. Right. Because like, I mean, even for us, I mean, you have long-term management <laughs> companies that for people kind of more off the island, when we started out, we were taking every property we could. So even though we're Gulf Shores, Orange Beach, Fort Morgan is still on the island. But right. uh, we had a house that literally during the summertime, it'll take it'll take an hour and a half to get down. Right now, it'll take 20 minutes. Oh, that's summertime, true. Summertime, it'll take all that, to get all oh, the way man. down. Or if you're going, we had some that were off the island. And right. to get in that summer traffic, not only was it not worth it for us, but if there's a cleaning or maintenance issue... You just tied your maintenance person up for a four-hour round trip for a five-minute fix. Wow! So you know now that's kind of this year we've we've let some properties go, some that have sold because we're just trying to really hone Stay. in on on what yeah. we want um, again. And it, and we tell people it's like there's nothing wrong with your property. There's there's companies that specialize on yeah. Fort Morgan or in that area. There's companies that specialize in that. But and there's reasons why. Right. We yeah. can't take care. We can't do our best and take full care of you when we're over here and it'll take us three hours to get to a guest issue. Golly. And it just doesn't make sense for us. Yeah, um, yeah. Also. I've never thought about that, just the travel, the actual space versus the time of year. Right. Creates these huge delays, yep. like massive delays. And you have to seasonally think through like, oh, should I, you know, it's not off season, so I got to really think about this commute. Right. And that, that's what, I mean, we, we literally like. I'm going to second guess that one. Right. I mean, we, we literally have, because depending on the time of year, like usually like we tell people, like people that just moved down and stuff, we tell them, hey, summertime, if you're a local, like. You go to the grocery store like seven in the morning on a Sunday morning. Like, that's it. Like, like you don't like we don't go to the beach during that time. We don't go out and eat at restaurants. Everybody cooks at home. Like You really don't see each other during those months because, I mean, it, there there's a restaurant called Big Mike's Big Steakhouse. that's real famous. Right. At three o'clock, it'll be an hour wait already to yeah. go eat and things like it's that. Not worth so it's not so like literally like we have to, you know, kind of. You know, depending on the time of year, change so what around I'm doing our schedule is I'm stuff. calling you next time, and I'm going to say, "What's the locals' uh, yep. <laughs> itinerary?" And then I'll know yep. when to go to the grocery store. That's right. Know, so that's so. the way. I mean, and then we we tell people like our our owners that own that own the units and things like that. Number one, you're going to make your most money during the busiest yeah. three four summer months. Like it's probably not best to come down there anyway. Right. Um, we had one one owner that they stayed down on July 4th. They took like two weeks. It's like literally that's your most, your two most profitable weeks of the year. Like, yeah, you can do, you it, can if you do want, it, but, but yeah. whatever. But we tell people like springtime and then fall time, like October is just perfect. Yeah. A lot of restaurants were running like 
sunset specials for food and the beach isn't crowded. Yeah, yeah. The water's still warm and it's like 80 out, not 150 outside. So yeah, uh, yeah. we tell that's kind of like, that's our time when we get out and actually get to enjoy it. So that's great. Yeah. yeah I was going to ask you, so, so if you want to go visit the beach on an off season, maybe get a few deals, have less waste at restaurants. What are, what are those dates? October? I say, yeah. Through... October, even November is, is, is nice. It's even less crowded, but October there's a couple big festivals like shrimp fest and things like that that are that are down there so they're they're good times to come down and then like april so april first of may um because normally that's when the kids are about to be out of school so they're they can't they're not taking trips they're not out the weather's great the water's great right and and restaurants aren't overly packed and things like that so we always say springtime and then fall time like october is just just come on time to enjoy it so yeah (laughs) yeah we'll go two three months without even seeing the beach and then we'll go out every day if we want to during october so yeah uh talking through favorite obviously you're particular to orange beach what are some of the other good ones that you can promote and say, hey, these are these are better than the others? Like as far as areas or just areas or, or just restaurants or favorite spots that you like to hit up? Because I think people like we, to know, you know. Well, one thing we always talk about that's so nice is no matter where you go, like we love Birmingham and restaurants in Birmingham. And yeah. they, every time we come up, we literally base around what restaurants we're going to. We got good restaurants down there, but it's it's the ambiance, like. You know, mm. we always joke when we're up here, you're hearing kind of more hipster music and stuff like that. When you're down there, it's always Jimmy Buffett and it's, yeah, you know, yeah. it, you're beachy music. You're always surrounded by some type of water on the bay or by the beach. Right, right. There's sand, there's palm trees. So there's there's lots of different areas that, that have, you know, great seafood and things like that. There's a place called Big Fish we like to... We like to go to, and everybody knows Cobalt, which is, it's in Orange Beach, kind of underneath the Perdido Pass Bridge. Okay. And you go there at nighttime, e- even summertime, it's it's worth the wait, because they're, they're back deck, the sun's setting, uh, you know, all the boats are coming in from fishing, and right, it's just beautiful out there. Uh, so we, we love that. And anywhere in Orange Beach, anywhere in Gulf Shores, we we love it's nice. And um, the cities do a good job of making, like, even spring break time, they do a good job of not making it just how you see like Panama city and stuff. That's just a college, you know, party town. Yeah. Nothing, they, not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's uh, anything <laughs> wrong. <laughs> we accept all kinds of yeah. uh, beach goers yeah, here so. on the podcast, but it gets crazy, but it gets crazy. So for, for locals and for people with families and things like that, they just do a good job of, Hey, we want yeah. more family oriented, that's styles awesome. and things like that coming down. But there's plenty of stuff that the Floribama and the Hangout puts on, big festivals that bring in the college crowds and, and stuff like that. That's awesome. and, and, uh, but they do a good job of keeping it just fun and you know family-friendly and things like that. So we love that aspect of living there yeah. um, and things like that. So. Okay, so I want to circle back um, back to a little bit of your business experience. And we'll, we'll breach the concept of you got to be a realtor in Birmingham for a while mm-hmm. and now obviously on the coast. Talk to me about the differences of um, doing real estate in very different cultures, very yeah. different locations. Is what is the same, and what is drastically different? Yeah. So things? on the on the agent side of things, of course, when we left Birmingham, I think the average price has gone up now, but it, the average sales price was like two hundred fifty thousand or so. Yeah. I think it's gone up a little bit now in Birmingham. 
if you're working the condo market, I mean, the average condo is like 750. So wow. you're immediately looking at a, you know, whatever that is, you know, almost triple the amount um, yeah. on your commission on everything because the prices are, are so much more. Um, so that, that's one of the big differences. And then marketing is getting, actually getting clients because especially if you're working the investment side, the condo side, um, obviously we have Foley and we have some other areas where people are actually living and that's a little more, that, that's kind of like it is where people are, you know, reselling, buying right, things yeah, like yeah. that. But so many of the buyers are out of state. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So down here or up here uh, in Birmingham, you know, we're, you're doing marketing to friends and family and um, you're advertising a little more local. You know, right. you can do a billboard and be in a magazine and do a right. little more local stuff because that's who you're kind of attracting. Yeah, yeah. When you're on the coast, almost all your clients don't even live in Alabama. Yeah, the, the whole world and definitely is your don't, right. client. So, so yeah. you're not, so some of that local marketing per se doesn't matter as much. It's your social media presence. What are you doing in, um, you know, Facebook groups and right. things like that? Because that's where a lot of your clientele is coming from. Now, once you actually get into a market or find a friend group of investors, then it's great. Cause then you can work those investors and, and help get more. But you know, a lot, that was the biggest challenge when we first, we tried to first kind of take mailers and things like that, that we were doing in Birmingham and it just doesn't really work. Right. Doesn't really work. Cause your, your buyer pool is so much smaller of locals. Is the agent pool a lot smaller in like niche or is it still like it's, a lot of competition? So when we moved down, we were told, <clears throat> You're one of three people that live down here. You're either retired, you're a business owner, or you're a real estate agent. And a lot of people are all three. So that, that's literally like the three careers <laughs> down there. And you have a lot of retired slash real estate agents. A so lot a of, lot of competition. Yeah, it, it's a lot. I mean, I'm in a, a leadership group out of the chamber, and there's... 20 of us total and like eight of us all have our, have our license. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's just crazy. So okay. a lot of, a lot of people, but a lot that only do a couple sales a year. Right. It's just, just through because, a connection. Right. And yeah, sure. I'll line and so many and, people like us don't actually aren't from the area. So we don't have a friends and family list when you get your license to go, you know, yeah. try to reach out to even on the investing side, you know, when we were up here, you know, you knew investor, other investors to network with, you knew maybe your dad's boss that had some money that you could yeah, reach out yeah, to yeah. and try to get, well, when you're new to an area, we didn't have any of that, Yeah, uh, which can be not as good. It's a little harder to start, but then on the flip side, everybody's kind of facing that scenario. Everybody's looking for people that don't live in the area. Okay. Um, so I'd say, yeah, that that's one of the biggest differences with that. Is so. movement of real estate, as pretty much similar, or is it harder through title companies, or do they get backlogged, or is it pretty quick? It's, like it's pretty, know. it's about the same. Yeah. It, it's pretty quick once you get one under contract. Now, a couple of years ago, you know, when the pandemic and all that, then I mean, to get a uh, appraisal, I mean, you were waiting four weeks plus. Right, lenders were paying like triple the amount just to try to get it through and okay. you know get up and things like that. But now, I mean, it's quick. I mean. Right now, it's been so slow. Just things aren't moving. I mean, I think time on market or the average days on market and all that has gone up 
so much from a couple years ago. It's like you get one under contract, and the inspector's like, "Hey, I can be out in the morning first thing." <laughs> it's just quick. Just they're just, everybody title. They're just waiting on deals, and right. things are you know getting done quicker. Um, Talk to me about lending because you know with so many out of state people, yep. and I know that in Birmingham we work with investors, and oftentimes you know some of the local banks prefer to work with local investors. It's right. really hard for an out of state investor to. Um, you know, partner with a local bank. Yeah. Um, how does that work there? Are a lot of the investors or even people who are buying vacation homes and, you know, supplementing the the purchase with some renting, right. you know, um, are they using a lot of external banks or is there a lot of local banks who understand the, the gamut of what's right. happening and they're willing to fund their own product in their backyard or how yeah. does that work? I mean, I... As a rule, like if you have a buyer, listing agents almost require you to have a local lender that's at least one of the options that it had at least uh, run something because the condo market, especially right now, is just you never know what you're going to get. Um, there's still like there's units right now that once January hits are going to get pulled off the market for about three months doing renovations still from the hurricane that hit in 2020. So everywhere, like insurance costs has about tripled everywhere. Um, we were in one complex that 2019, the monthly HOA was 450 a month. Um, now they're looking at 1300 a month. And all wow. that is just insurance assessment. I mean, it's their whole profit is gone, just paying insurance Golly. that has gone up. And then they're having to do work because of the hurricane next year. And they're going to get hit with a $13,000 assessment on top of that, on top right. of their 1300 monthly. So th there's so many condo docs and like, um, now like the government a couple years ago passed what they call condo tells. Uh -huh. And essentially a lot of the condos like Carib and turquoise and some of the nicer ones that have front desk, okay. the government has viewed those as a condo tell, which, uh, essentially means oh, when you say condo tell, like hotel, it's like a condo, condo hotel. hotel, right? Okay, it's like okay. a condo. Gotcha. So even though it's not a hotel, it's individually owned by, um, you know, it's individually owned. Each unit is individually owned. Um, but they have a front desk and all that. So the government says, oh, this isn't like a typical investment you're buying into. They just classify it different. So because of that, a lot of those are a minimum 25% down and all kind of different rules. So if you're not a, if you're not a local lender, you don't know how to underwrite it. Certain are, aren't approved, you know, Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. You have to run it certain lending styles. Um, so because of that, you have to have a local lender. And they're, they're literally like, we have lenders that, they have whole teams that all they do are work on condo documents to get it approved. Wow. Um, and, and it's changed. I mean, every HOA meeting, every six months, they're rewriting rules and all that. And those lenders have to look at, you know, what is going to be government approved. Government doesn't like certain funds. Like if a condo's collecting too much for a parking pass, oh, this is a business. They view it more of a business and wow. it'll kick it to a condo tail model <laughs> and nobody can get approved. Oh, wow. So it, it's it's a mess with a lot of that and just knowing all the assessments and all that kind of stuff. So I'd say with that, yeah. That or the, cash. Or cash, yeah. <laughs> like if you're cash, you're good to go. Um, of course, now and then there's some that you don't even want to buy cash because there's liens. Like everybody's, yeah, yeah, all yeah. the insurance companies, HOAs are suing each other because they didn't get enough money. And wow. It's kind of a mess right now on that on the lending side. From, um, is it just from the the hurricanes or is it was it kind of like um, – 
I don't want to use the cliche or the pun perfect storm, (laughs) but like stuff was not set up properly on the front end. And then that event happened and basically created like the perfect like blow up. It it was a a bad situation. I mean, so many hotels were built are hitting around that 25, 30 year mark. So that's about when they're supposed to have all this upgrade work done. Just like that hotel or condo that collapsed in Florida it was because the salt water like rotted the rebar and all that. Well, now these condos are are trying to redo these ho- or they're trying to redo them and they'll get to it and the the concrete's chipping and all the rebar's messed up, kind of like what happened there. So wow. they're having to now do these 30-year upgrades. So it was a mix of the hurricane helped expose the 30-year upgrades that were needed. Probably didn't have the funding set up the way they should have. And then a lot of the coasts on insurance wise is all looked at the same. Right. So, um, you know, there's been so many hurricanes the past four years, you know, even the categories fives that hit, that hit Fort Myers. And then there was one in Louisiana and there was one that hit in Houston. All the Gulf coast is viewed the same. Um, even so like you can't close on loans or you can't get insurance if there's a named hurricane in the Gulf anywhere. They'll just put a halt on all closings until they see where that hurricane's going to go. Right, because you could close on it, and right. five days and then, later, right, and the hurricane hits, hits. So, and so then the insurance right. gets hammered. So during hurricane season, which normally is the worst, August, September. You're like, I was going to have a good November, but <laughs> like the hurricane's no hurricane going. Hurricane so, yeah. So it's just all kind of things that we never even thought about up in Birmingham. Yeah. And now we have to to deal with and all that. So I would say it's a mix of all that. A lot of it is the insurance that is just gone up so high right um is has been really the biggest the perfect storm of now we had to do repairs to get the condo back in order right but insurance also went up because they had to pay out between like 15 named hurricanes that hit on the whole gulf coast right so yeah i'd say perfect storms are good i um good good analogy yeah, good analogy of it all <laughs> I had heard about that collapse, which is so sad, um, but someone was talking about investing in a couple single-family homes that were two-story or three-story. I think there's a rule, and part of the reason was that you know everything above a certain story is going to start to be uh, the insurance and the tax and all these things yep. because the risk goes up a lot right. higher past a certain stories. You probably know if it's three or two, but... It's just they were like, this is the time to get in on these these two story buildings because right. they're not going to make much of them. Yeah, um, and that's what we tell know. people. There's pros and cons to both. Normally, you know, we we manage smaller complexes and they normally don't have as many amenities, so there's a little less moving parts. The HOA is right. lower, but if there is something that happens, there's a lot less owners to split the cost. So yeah, normally the they're issue. bigger. Yeah. If you have a bigger condo, you normally are going to have more amenities and you have more things that could go wrong, but you have a lot more owners that can kind of help Spread split the, the cost and, yeah, yeah. and things like that. So that's what we, you know, there's pros and cons to both. So, so the beginning of this episode, I was like, I'm buying a, I'm buying a vacation rental. And now I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it comes back to like, if I ever did, which I do think, you know, that is a potential thing for us down the yeah. road. I'd like to diversify. I'm coming to you because yeah. it's like, tell me where to buy and what not to buy. And I'm sure that there's a lot of um, people who don't have as much knowledge as you. And then they potentially make a wrong move versus yeah. I feel like you I mean, you could tell them, like, I would buy here and not here. This condo's pretty, you know, the HOA is pretty good. I actually know, 
lot of the owners we own you know we manage half of these but these other ones we don't right and so that's and that's, that's huge. what that's what even um I saw <clears throat> thing <floating. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on uh but but yeah i mean even like we of course some of it depends on budget and things like that yeah. that people have to look at but we we and we partner with a lot of agents down there we have a big referral program and say hey if you're going out with with clients and showing them we'll help you out and we'll give you projections on what different condos are going to do and we yeah. end up on three-way calls with the agent and the client and us and they do the sales side we work with them on the management side um, but we look at hey if you have the funds and the money are there you know is it better to buy beachfront or is it better to buy right across the street from the beach and we always try to tell people to buy beachfront just because of if it's summertime it's going to rent no matter where you're at. Yeah. But when it's fall time and when it's, we call it snowbird season. So when all the people from up North come down in December, January, February, they're going to look at beachfront condos because they want to wake up, open up the blinds and see the yeah. beach. Yeah. You're going to get the most out of your money. You're going to get the most rentals for that. And then even more so if it's got a indoor pool or a heated pool that they can use in the off season. So there's all kinds of things when we're working with investors or even agents working with agents to help out investors that were yeah. like, Hey, you know, if the if the budget is there, instead of this buying what right, buy. instead of buying yeah, two yeah. across the street, and, and even summertime, you know, you, you have so many people with kids and older parents. Yeah, they're not wanting to run across a busy road to get to the beach. I've done it before, and down. it was a pain, man. Right. You so know, you know, just... so we work with them and say, hey, you know, instead of buying two condos here, how about we just put all that into one condo here? Yeah. You know, it's a lot less headache. You don't have to deal with separate HOAs and all that. And we're beachfront. You're going to maximize your rental in this area. So that's awesome. And, and ultimately that makes a happier customer, right? You know, as a, as a manager, you want yeah. that. It's like, they're not bringing your phone. Like why did, why did, you know, you not rent right. my house? And you're like, well, because I told you to buy the beachfront. <laughs> I, yeah. I think I experienced that sometimes. It's like, you know, owners, you know, come to us for investment advice. They're like, hey, what what price point? And we have this thing called Birmingham Markets or uh, the Birmingham Sweet Spot. Yeah. And we really suggest you buy, you know, anywhere from 150 to 250 is where we like rentals. Um, you can go below, you can be successful, but, you know, especially for a first time investor or investor who only has a few, that's where you're going to get the best tenant pool, a still yep. a good return quality product. And then they're like, yeah, but I could buy three $50,000 houses. <laughs> and you're like, okay, go ahead. Yep. And they end up doing it and they come back to us a year later and be like, ah, oh, this is so hard. Like why? And you were like, well, you didn't listen it's to us. Yeah. Unless you are strictly, you just know that you're going into an area and you're playing the appreciation game. Right. And you think those three, you don't really care about the rental. The But for us, it's all relative. They're all going to appreciate or not depreciate yeah. about the same rate. You're not just going to buy one specific complex and all of a sudden it triple and nowhere else triple. Right. So it's not really that. It really is, you know, it's, it's playing the right area. Plus, yeah, the headache of it all. It's yeah. like you'd rather just deal with one and – if you don't like it or your financial situation changes, you're just selling that one. You're not having to work, sell multiple yeah. or sell and combine into one and that's awesome. things like that. But I like that the sweet spot. That's a good, so good one. So you recently opened up a shuttle company. Yep. So you're like this like guru of business <laughs> now. You and your wife are just killing it. But tell me a little bit about the Yeah, the so really company. we saw a need. So – at first, like Uber and Lyft and things weren't even allowed in the cities of Gulf Shores and Orange Beach. There was like some legal issues and 
and things like that. So there's just not a, now they are, but there's just not a ton. There's only a couple shuttle companies really down there, and we saw you know problems with. Uh, you know, people that would come down would either fly in or they'd get a lot of families together and they'd want to go eat. And there's just, there's not a lot of parking uh, at restaurants. People are having to wait. And then airports right now, the closest airport is either Mobile or Pensacola. And they're both uh, about an hour away. Okay. So wow. there's just not a good way to get people in. You couldn't find an Uber to leave Gulf Shores to take you to Pensacola. And I guess with Uber, like they have certain state lines, even if you want to go to the Florida, that's technically in Florida. So people would get stuck in Florida. They couldn't get an Alabama Uber to pick them up. And we just saw a lot of different, you know, things that just weren't working right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, as we picked on, a, we picked up a couple houses that, that slept 10 to 15 people. Uh, and so with that, we're like, Hey, we have people here. They're all wanting to go out and, you know, that's five, that's right. four, three or four cars, right. you know? <laughs> They're wanting to go out. You know, you do get people that are having a good time on bachelor trips, bachelorette trips. Yeah, what does and, that mean? And, uh, <laughs> they like, what, you know, they, they like to enjoy. Uh, they don't enjoy, need to be driving. The Let's they don't just need say. to be driving. So, so we're like, hey, you know, there, there's a big need for that. So we, we uh, you know, like, hey, we're already bringing the people in. Let's do some shuttling. We do some cross market. So really, we just found a need and, and filled it through our connections with the chamber uh, where I was friends with people that run a couple hotels and things like that. So for the events, we partnered with them on the big events. So the hotels actually pay us to pick all their uh I guess they're, they're people up staying, the people staying at the condo, pick them up and take them to the events, shuttle them back after the event. So now it's like a, a bonus. They're at, they're literally getting people that are coming and, you know, staying at their hotel just because they get a free shuttle service to the event and back and things like that. And then when it comes to airports and uh, people that rent boats for the day, there's only about three boat launches where all these companies launch boats out of and there's no parking there. So people are having Makes an Uber sense. and things like that just to go get on a boat. <laughs> so it's like, well, you know, we can literally, you can book with us. We'll pick you up from the airport. We'll take you to your boat for the day. We'll take you out to dinner at night. Uh, you know, the hotels that do conferences, we'll go pick up the conferences and go take them out at night and things like that. So it was kind of fulfilling a need, but it also all kind of ties in with what we're already doing. Man, it's so, brilliant. Yeah. So did you buy a fleet? Are you renting? We, Are you yeah, partnering so we, with someone who already owned a fleet? Like, no, how's we, we the... bought our, our first one, bought okay. our first shuttle the day that we started up. It's a 15-passenger van. It's pretty much like an old church van. Okay. Uh, we, put, uh, we put lights inside. We put a system that uh, Bluetooth system in it. Uh, we do not have a pole or anything like that. Like there's some <laughs> sketchy, there's some sketchy ones that do. He's like, I just want to clarify like, yeah, what so, type of shuttle we are. Yeah, so it's like some, some out of Pensacola, they're a little sketchy. We My mind didn't stick, even go there, yeah. but I'm glad you clarified. We, do, we try to stick with the family friendly feel of uh, of the island. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, we yeah. can give you some recommendations <laughs> if you want to go all out. But it's, we call it a party bus, but it's more of like a, it's yeah. a fun, it's a fun bus. That yeah, yeah. Thing. So we bought the first one. Uh, then we ended up buying a second one because the hotels that we were partnering with they needed more people yeah uh you know to go on so we do different tours and uh down there uh they're real famous for the bushwhackers so we start a bushwhacker tour that we go around and you know we'll take people to different places and just trying to create a fun safe environment for for people to to have fun that and really it's we got the idea from like nashville you go to nashville and all the bachelorette parties they have all those different tours that will go yeah. take and see the sites and there's yeah. really nothing 
like that down there. That's awesome. So we would get people that, hey, I don't know any restaurant to go to. I don't know, I mean, where are the good views at? Right. They just go to the places that you see the ad on TV that's just packed with, you know, frozen food and things right. like that. So we, we, we get kind of that more local experience of, hey, here's the places we'd like to Check go this to out. And, yeah. And, and all that. Go. So the, the businesses, <laughs> here's love the it. grocery the restaurant, store, right? The restaurants <laughs> love it and all that. So, uh, but Man. yeah, so that, that's how, kind of how all that started up. So, all right. So how do good. I buy shares? You know, I'm in. Uh, <laughs> that's biggest, brilliant. Uh, what we didn't know is the insurance is just uh. the, so each vehicle has to have just crazy liability insurance yeah. and all that. So, uh, and then we also have a smaller van, like a, a six passenger van that does the airport shuttles and okay. all that. So, uh, so it's good, but um, I think the insurance was a little more than we thought. It's just crazy to keep all that. And then all the different licenses you have to have. Yeah. Um, anything under 15 passengers or a certain weight, you don't have to have a CDL license, but which above. is, which is great. So all of ours are under that. So we, you know, we get to stay in that and, and things like that. And then they just, those buses always have problems. The air will go out one day and things like that. Which so. doesn't make it a party bus anymore. No. It quickly a, turns uh, it's, into it's a, a different it's a type sauna. of bus. <laughs> a sauna bus. It's a sauna real uh, quick. So, and, uh, and then you can upcharge you know, for the sauna. Right, right. So. Like we're helping you lose weight as we're doing this tour. So, uh, yeah. You ate a few uh, crab, crab fish yeah. and uh, some yeah. crabs. You, uh, you so, need to lose the weight. So that's we're right. Good. That's we're right. good. Sweat yeah, it off. So it, it's fun. It, it's enjoyable. But that that's one that, you know, with, with Flip Flop, we knew the real estate game. We didn't know some of the specifics of – property management yeah, yeah, and how yeah. all that worked but we knew some of the game this we had no clue about anything so we just we just kind of jumped in and it that's been probably one of the biggest learning experiences yeah, that but it's been it's been fun and cool to see um see kind of the rise of that literally out of nothing so well it, and i think about it too like in one way um, I, I, I watched this or listened to this podcast one time of this guy who actually created, built a property management company, which property management, uh, you could probably speak to um, long-term property management is a good business, but it is hard to make money. Like yeah. you really have to, your efficiencies have to be streamlined. You have to yeah. have like really stuff dialed in. And numbers wise, usually the commission's a good bit lower what they're making. Yeah. So you have to have a lot of volume. Yeah, exactly. Which creates a whole other line of problems. And and so he basically built his own property management company at a zero cost, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So he, it wasn't for profit. And the reason why he did that was because he said, I want to hire the people that I want to hire to do it the way I want it to be yeah. done. And I'm okay with it breaking even. Yeah. And um, in a way, and I'm sure you will make profit with this shuttle business. Sounds like a fantastic idea and you'll build it. Yeah. But to a degree, I would think it is a supplementary to your existing business that even if it is a break even for the first couple of years, yeah. A, it's a learning experience. And B, I would say that it complements what you provide your customers that no one else can. Yeah. That is kind of a great leverage that even if it's break even, it's this it's this supplemental thing that is like uh, probably um, you could probably couldn't like make an actual equation of like it's profited us this much more, but the convenience is yeah. like, okay, but flip flop had that shuttle. Right. That made it well, so it, much easier it, for our bachelorette party. Right. We're doing it again for Sandra's. Yeah. I mean, it has. Sandra, if you're eat. listening. There you go. We got everything for you. So. We got- <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, we really, um, I mean, we, like when we go do pitches the, to pick up the bigger beach houses and yeah. things, it's like, Hey, like 
we, we oh, can yeah? take care of your guests. Like this is how like we're full service, which people like. Yeah. Um, and then it does help us, you know, there's people we've met through the shuttle business that, oh, that we tell them, hey, we also do property management, that they have property down here that, so it, it yeah, it has kind of tied in together. And in our guest welcome book, we have the shuttle in there saying, right. hey, if you ever need a ride, if you get stuck out somewhere, you know, just. Just holler. Yeah. Just we'll call this number and we'll help take care of you. We'll give you a little discount since you're staying with us. So, Man, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's your, you're the who, not how. You are the solution yeah. for people's problems. Right. And I think, I think when you approach it from that way, which I feel like you are, you're, you're there solving someone's problems. Yeah. Um, you know, the money will come, but yeah. really you're, you know, I know you have a great heart and a great, um, you know, motivation to help people. Right. And then, you know, you built a business out of, you know, solving people's problems, yeah. which is incredible. Um, I want to circle back. You've obviously learned a lot of lessons um, through the experience of moving, starting Flip Flop, um, you know, starting the shuttle company. For someone um, who hasn't started a business, you know, or interested in that, you know, what are some of the early lessons or the lessons that you could share that would maybe like, these are things to avoid, or these are principles or due diligence, for example, like really do your due diligence. Obviously you did your due diligence on flip-flop. If you just signed a check, you would have been up a river. (laughs) So talk me through some of those top two or three lessons you've learned. I mean, you know, I, I think, one thing that I tell people is just just to go for it. Um, you know, if so, don't do due diligence. No, <laughs> do the due diligence. Just go, but for also it. go for it. So no, you have so many people that will take. They'll take five years to do yeah, due yeah, diligence, yeah. and it's yeah, like yeah. you could have done one year or two years of due diligence. It got some funds right, days, yeah, and and you know, and and still, you know, the 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 learning of it, the hands on. It's even like in school and stuff, you know, I was, I'd learn way more hands-on than just learning in a textbook. Like do the due diligence as far as, yeah, don't put yourself and your family like in a huge financial yeah. risk or whatever. But, you know, even if it's for people wondering if they should get their real estate license because they have a job, well, keep your job for now, but yeah. get your license or, you know, buy your first property, whatever that business is, start it. But, you know, you can keep what you're doing and still, you know, and still start to at least go for it and just see if that's something you want because learning the hands-on learning and, and, you know, the trial and error are going to go a whole lot further than, you know, taking five years to make a decision. And then you'll be mad that you didn't start earlier and things like that. So I'd say just taking the leap and going for it. Um, And then the second, which is kind of the reverse of that is, making sure going back to making sure, especially if you have a family and things like that, making sure you're not literally, Hey, if I do this decision, is it all for my own selfish gain? And if this is a failure, are we going to end up on the street next year? You know, you want to be careful. Um, so, you know, you hear some people with the, the burn the ship model, go all in things like that, which I definitely love for us moving in the first place was kind of a burn the ship model of, Hey, we're going for it. (laughs) We're done. But there was always some backups. Like, you know, always know, like, and I, I tell it even new agents, you know, it's going to take, you know, most statistically, I think it's like 90% don't even make it past year three. Yeah, yeah. So it's like statistically, you know, a lot of people, and it's because the income isn't coming in. So don't be afraid to yes, burn the ship and go for it. Like I said, but don't be afraid to, Know how to rebuild the ship. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> keep the pieces with you. No, but but have have somewhat of a backup plan. Like, hey, I, I do real estate during the day, but to make end meet, ends meet, I'll go drive Uber at nighttime. Yeah. Or you know, don't don't just feel like, hey, all in means no matter what, you know, I have to go all in. You know, having and I think that's important for. I think that's one reason why agents don't make it is they literally put every last dime into it. And if it doesn't take off year one, which normally it takes a couple of years with any yeah. business, it takes a couple of years to build, yeah. you know, don't be afraid to, you know, have, you know, have some type of a way to make some money. I mean, there's things I sold a couple of years, probably six years ago, second year in the business, I sold uh, Medicare insurance during the Medicare season. And that we made enough money in that three months that, really helped us get six months down the road Yeah, where, you know, it, it helped buy some time in real estate until things did take yeah. off. Yeah. So, you know, not, not be afraid of, of doing that. I think I saw a meme where it was like, Hey, my real estate agent, uh, just brought my ship groceries to me and his hundred thousand dollar Mercedes. So it must be rough <laughs> right now. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that's probably, probably shouldn't have got that yeah, if, yeah, if yeah, yeah. doing that, but don't be afraid to, you know, have extended. I, I think in business, in real estate and starting a business, the more, the longer you're in the game, the better chances you have of it being a success. So, you know, anything you can do to sustain, just like with the shuttle, if, if it was our everything, yeah, you know, you're going to break even for a couple years to get going. The biggest thing is that you just keep going and you keep, you know, year three, four, five. I mean, even some of the biggest businesses, Amazon, things like that, you know, it took, 10 years, 20 years before yeah, some of them really, really got took off. So, you know, not just <clears throat> giving up and, you know, giving up early and things like that. You know, if you got to do something else to help keep your family afloat and things like that, then don't be afraid to do that just to prolong it as much as you can. So I, I love that. And, and I agree. And I think with investing, I think a lot about that is like, what is going to allow me to stay in the game the longest? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's being a little more conservative. Sometimes it's, it is taking action, being aggressive. Um, but when you run your numbers, I mean, I, I actually sat down with a banker one time and uh, we were negotiating a little bit of terms and rates and stuff. And I said, Hey, look, look, I was like, I'm asking for this because you want to give me liquidity yep. and you don't think of that, but liquidity protects your investment, yeah. your, your portion of it. Because when I'm liquid, I can fix the leaky pipes. Right. I can, I can stay in the game longer when I'm liquid. Yep. If you take all my money <laughs> as yeah, a down payment, I don't have the liquidity to fix right. the pipes. And he was like, Oh, I've never thought of it that way. And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, well, and, and I get it. You can't trust, you know, but I said with me, I don't go out and buy boats. I don't go right. out and buy, like I buy real estate. That's yep. what I do with yep. my liquid money. And um, it was just a perspective shift for him. And it, and I think at the end of the day, our liquidity, our safety margins, our, all those things need to sustain us through the, the tough times. Right. Um, because they're going to happen. Yep. We don't know. We didn't know COVID was going to happen, right? And the craziness that that all brought um, for, financially. For us on the coast, you know, during COVID 2020, at September 2020 is when the hurricane hit, and yeah. it was it was like two miles short of a Category Three. Yeah. So, and it, I mean, there's still, like I said, there's still people that don't even have their house back from that. Wow. And then about three months after that, we had a record hailstorm. It was like softball size hail. So all the architecture roofs that made it through a hur- the hurricane and all the metal roofs all got taken out with the hailstorm. So it was like those three things. And I mean, there was people that went under. There was the BP oil spill that happened you yeah. know, 12 years ago. 
And I mean, there was people that still that moved away, still never moved back because yeah. of that. So having that, and then on the investing side, you know, I'm sure you deal with people too. We deal and it's like, well, I want to quit my job and do that. It's like, yeah, but with that job, that gives you the security that is going to help secure you some money yeah. to go, to go buy, <laughs> you know, properties. Nobody's going to lend to you if you're just on <laughs> you're your just couch your own, and doing yeah. whatever. So, you know, yeah. having that, don't be afraid to have that and the side hustle so, and the right. extra hustles is so good, man. I love it. Um, okay. So talk me through, um, a little bit about just the one-on-one of I'm inspired to invest on the coast. I want to get a vacation rental. Where do I start? So I would say, I mean, first thing I always say, making sure you have your team in place. So who's your agent going to be? Who's your lender going to be? Who's your management company going to be? If you're going to do that, making sure that's all set. Even your financial, if you have a financial planner advisor, See and making sure your team is there so you can make the best decision possible. Like I said, you have some people like us where if we can pay the agent role plus the plus the management role, we can look at this from a real estate perspective. Right. We can also look at this from a management perspective. So with that, it's like one two punch, right? We got it all. So <laughs> with, with that and with the mortgage side, we're gonna know, uh, you know, we're gonna know where your money's at as well. Right. So we're gonna know where your budget's at, things like that. So I'd say first, making sure you know you have your team together. And then seeing where your budget's at, it would be the first couple things. So you'd come to us and, you know, if it's, you know, hey, we got a budget of 750000 Right. You know, I'd say, well, immediately with that, I know we can look for a two, maybe even a three-bedroom, go front, you know, beach condo. Okay. That's, that's right on the beach, things like that. So because of knowing where your budget's and, and things like that are. So so I'm at 1.5. Can I buy a house on the beachfront? I'm not saying Possibly. I literally am. I'm just asking what are the prices yeah, for yeah. like a nice beachfront. Yeah, houses? I, I would say that that's getting close to it. Probably like 1.2 to 1.5. You can buy. There's like some smaller three bedroom yeah, ones. Yeah. I mean, and then there's there's houses that go for 10, 15 million that are, that are beachfront. But some of those literally they it's will crazy. they will make 250 grand a year in rentals. Yeah. So you just kind of got to look at you know where you're at. And then for for some people, I have 300 grand. Versus six hundred grand, but you may make more with that three hundred grand, yeah. just depending on you know again what the expenses are with the yeah. with the condo and things like that. But Man. yeah, if you were at, if you if somebody came to us with with one point five and you know we'd first say okay, do you want a condo because you could buy a three bedroom at Turquoise for that, or right. yeah, you could buy a two or three bedroom house for that, you know. And we would just look at pros and cons, you know, houses. You know, you're going to HOA wise versus house is actually about the same because you may pay a thousand dollars a month in HOA dues, okay. but that's covering most of your insurance. They're, they're doing the pool. They're doing the landscaping for you. They have security. They got pest control. They got internet TV. All that's included for that price. If you're buying a house, you're on your own for all that. You're getting your own pool person, your own landscaper, you're yeah. getting your own uh, insurance for a house is just crazy. I mean, you're, you may pay 10 grand a year, just in insurance for, wow. for a beachfront house. So, you know, first, you know, we, we compare the budgets, you know, looking at that. Now let's look, what's your monthly and yearly expense going to be. Right. And then we look at the rents. Okay. Now what's your return going to be for both? Wow. And just kind of, that's how we dissect it. I like playing the numbers. So we get a full, especially when, when a client comes to us and they're wanting the sale and the rental side and us to do it, it's like extra pressure because, you know, if you buy this and then we manage it and like, well, hey, it didn't make good money. I don't know if you should have bought here, but well, you told me to buy here. So <laughs> you, it's like, you ran the well, numbers. Right. So, that, yeah, yeah. you know, which is actually good because it's caused at least me to be like, 
I feel like I'm super low pressure. Like I'll run into agents and they're like, I'm trying to make them buy it. I'm telling them it's good. It's good. It's good. I'm like, okay, but if something happens, like you talk them into it. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of more like, hey, like here's the stuff. You make the call. Take your time. You know, yep. I'm not going to – now, I'll put some pressure on, but I'm not going to blow your phone up every hour yeah, and yeah. say, are you ready? And you just pressure buy something because then you're going to be mad at me on both sides that you bought it and also that we can't rent it for what yeah. we told you we could. Yeah. Um, but so that, that's why I just we like putting all the numbers out and saying, hey, here's what we think. You know, rentals were actually down a little bit this year versus the past couple years. So we say, hey, if it's the same, you know – you may not like it, but I'd rather not get a real estate deal and I'd rather not get a client than get one and they're not be happy. And then they're going to go tell their friends and yeah. just hard sleeping at night when you're like, man, they like, they need four grand this month and they're not going to make it. And this isn't good. You yeah. know, that, that side of it, I'm like, I'd, you know, we'd rather be straight up, run the numbers and things like that. So when somebody comes to us, it's again, comparing what you could buy for that, what's your monthly yearly cost going to be, and then what's the income looking like, and then just saying, you know, with this, you know, you're looking at whatever the your profit is after everything, you know, 40 grand or, or you know, 50 grand, and this may be still 50 grand, but this has a little bit more unknown and this, and then just let them make their, make their decision on it. So. Man, that's so good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we didn't even breach the whole condo versus home. I mean, that was a really good breakdown. Of, yeah. You know, because I lend myself, we've had a few uh, issues with HOAs, and I'm sure they're very, run very differently, but unorganized ones here in Birmingham, it's, and yeah. they are a pain. And I'm it's like, the same. It's, it makes you like not, not want to work with them. Right. But I mean, well, and those assessments <clears throat> get passed, and it's like, hey, by the way, you owe 50 grand. Yeah. And that's it. Like, you're not like, you're paying it. <laughs> so yeah. It's you happening. You have no control. You know, if you have, a leaky roof and you own a house well you could kind of temporarily patch you could get by for the next year hoa they're telling you what you're what you're doing and then and then a lot of hoas you know a lot of them are 80 90 percent are investment prop or investment condos and things um but there's five to ten percent people that either live there or it's their second home and usually those are the people on the board so they're the ones that they're going to pass rules that kind of tend to favor the people that live there Golly, and that's and so a lot of the and because they're they're there they're yeah. there for the meetings they care the the owners <clears throat> you know that live out of state and things like that they're yeah. not they don't really get much input and it's like oh by the way we just doubled the parking pass and you also have to pay ten dollars a night every night you rent your property and yeah they, and so HOAs can definitely and they're just torched from the tough. party that was next door to them last right. night and yep. they're like well I'm gonna stick it to them. yep they're like oh well we're gonna double this this <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah so yeah HOA but same thing they're just you know it's yeah. either people that are way too involved more than they probably should be or people that aren't involved at all and just finances are a mess and, yeah. All, and it's usually the management companies and the mortgage lenders that are having to go tell the HOAs how they should write stuff so that things can, you know, actually sell and yeah. things like that. So same thing, it, you know, th- there's some good sides where if there is a hurricane, these big companies, the HOA, a condo, they're going to make way more money than a house. So you're going to get more priority and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so there are some positives, but if you're on your own, if you have a house or... And group pricing on internet group, you know, I mean, the leverage to price on internet or pool people or all those different things. So there's benefit in both, but there's also negatives with every situation. And so it's good to know what you're walking into. And that's why I like laying that out for people. It's like, here you go, you know, and and then when we're talking with, with owners, like, Hey, we have five in this complex. 
That's great because there's more and more softball and baseball and soccer tournaments and the NCAA volleyball tournaments down in Gulf Shores. So when all these teams come in, they're looking in the tourism boards asking them, hey, we need like six in this complex. Well, they have all our info and they can say, hey, we got a group of six right here. Boom. And it's a huge positive to yeah, get, yeah. get that repeat business where – you know, a house, yeah, you're kind of on your own. And yeah, yeah. It's a whole different type of advertising that you're going for. It's good so, to know, man. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for this, uh, taking the time Definitely. to hang out, man. I'm super proud of you. Um, it's it's great to see how you've developed and how you're thank just growing you. down there and thriving and networking great and just building businesses and just solving people's problems. So, man, um, I'm just glad glad I caught you. I know. <laughs> you know, you're a busy, timing, busy man. So, no, it was great timing. Thanks for having me on. So Yeah, man. We'll catch you soon, all right? Sounds good. Thank you.